What is going on, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Beyond Rad podcast. My name is Chad, and this week we are joined by an awesome band out of Colorado called Glass Cases. Glass Cases is a three-piece alternative indie-style band from Fort Collins, Colorado. These guys are super cool. They've got an awesome sound, they've got unique perspectives, and their music is really, really fun. I think you guys are going to dig this episode. I'm super pumped for it. But before we jump in, these guys are continuing to release new music. So... What I want to do is to invite you to go over to Instagram, to Facebook, and to Spotify. Give these guys a like, a share, a follow, and and start following their music. I think you're going to dig it. If you like it, be sure to let them know, because these guys are super rad, like I said. And also, while you're at it, come and check out our social media pages as well. And without further ado, let's just jump right on in. So guys, welcome to uh, to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, if you guys want, just uh, do a quick introduction of yourselves, um, your name, what you do in the band, maybe uh, something about yourself individually. It's like uh, you know one of those group new group things at school, you know. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Well, my name is Cameron. Uh, I'm the drummer. Uh, usually, my fun fact thing for these are that I play drums, but that's kind of a given. <laughs> 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 I just love the drummer. Um, but I'm from Tucson, Arizona, so that's cool. Awesome. Sweet. Um, my name's Austin. Um, I'm the youth and piano slash synth player. Awesome. And uh, I am just finishing up my last year of my undergrad right now, so that's pretty neat. Nice. And uh, I'm Alex, and I am vocals and bass and guitar. And a little bit of ukulele for the band. Awesome, I switch off. Um, cool. And I, uh, I got my degree in biochemistry, undergrad. Awesome, man. So yeah. So that's did you guys? Good. Did you guys go to? Uh, um, is that that's Colorado State there in Fort Collins? Yeah, that's what I'm intending right now. Awesome. Good deal. So what's your undergrad in, Alex? Um, Austin, sorry. Austin, yeah. Austin, um, sorry, man. Exercise science. Okay, cool, cool. Are you planning on going like PT then? Uh, that's the direction. Cool, man. See if uh, music can step in the way of that path. Heck yeah, dude. That's so cool. I this is one of that's one of my favorite things. Is like, you know, a lot of times when I was like a teenager and stuff, and I'd look at musicians, I would just only see them as musicians, and so it's kind of fun to see that you know we got biochem, we've got um, we've got exercise science. Um, different backgrounds. People have obviously music is a a huge part of the, your lives, but I always find it interesting that you guys obviously have other things that you're doing as well, which is cool. I got a degree in marketing, but that wasn't my fun fact. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's that's the degree I got, man. So I uh, props oh, to cool. to us. We're cool. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Fantastic. Well, awesome. So did you go to to um, Colorado State as well? Did you move from uh, Tucson to Colorado for that or? No, I, I went to the University of Arizona down in Tucson, and then I moved up here about a year and a half ago. Awesome. That's the Wildcats, right? 
Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Good deal, man. Awesome. Well, uh, it's it's rad to meet you guys. I uh, I'm super excited. I've been listening to the two songs that you guys have released onto like Spotify and and Apple Music. Um, and, uh, I think they're really cool. I, I like the sound. I, I was looking, you know, just through like your website and stuff to kind of get an idea of, of who you guys are. And I, I, I thought there was like a pretty accurate description, how you guys said it kind of pulls from Muse and 21 pilots. And I think those are, that's a really good band to, uh, um, if someone's like trying to understand who glass cases is it's like, okay, mix Muse and 21 pilots and and you get sort of what they sound like. But I think it's really cool because um, one thing that you guys do is is you're blending the the synth poppy style with very like raw sounds with the drums and the ukulele. So explain how you guys kind of came up with the sound that you wanted to pursue, like the the style that you guys are doing. Um, so this band started with uh, Austin. Uh, Austin and I uh, both played guitar for a lot of years, and um, we initially kind of started to make music geared towards guitar because that's what we played and what we were good at. Yeah, sure. Um, then all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but over time, um, I snagged a ukulele. We started to find that we made cooler songs or more unique songs on the ukulele. Um, and because of that, we, we slowly went that direction. Yeah. Um, so when you say like cooler, more unique, you're saying something that didn't like, I mean, obviously the word unique means that it's one of a kind, but like you're saying just kind of something that felt a little bit more fresh or, or how, yeah, okay. it, and, yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Uh, like, you know, it felt, it felt different than most of the bands that we usually listen to yeah it was something new but we still put our own like style on it yeah and then, uh i uh had a daw um program on my computer and i started messing around with the synths yeah so we just threw the uke on there threw some random synths with it and our style just started to form when these guys first started making music i wasn't with them i joined the band about a year ago and they had they didn't have a drummer, so they had electronic drums pre-recorded uh-huh. in. So then I came in and I'm like, oh, now we have real drums. We want to own that. So that's kind of how the real drums got mixed with the pop synth, and then being driven all by a ukulele. Yeah, yeah. Which I think it's cool because, like I said, it's it's mixing the raw sounds, and I think that's why Twenty One Pilots did so well. Right, is mixing a phenomenal drummer, a phenomenal phenomenal pianist and adding so much crazy stuff but still maintaining that that like authenticity through those instruments and i think you guys are doing the same in terms of maintaining like a sound that that is is still replicable on stage right um which i think is is super cool and um and so as you're like putting the the synths in um like you're starting to to kind of write the music. Obviously, I I read on your website, you guys, you know, you're very proud of how all of you work together in the creative process. So how does that process kind of go? Is it, um, you know, one of you shows up with uh like a part of the song words or how how do you guys go about writing the songs that you write? Um, 
It usually starts with um, one of us coming up with a melody and lyrics. And um, so mainly for me, I write lyrics and then the melody, but Alex might usually go with melody, then lyrics. Um, And then after that, we record it. And then we're like, okay, what can add to this? So that's when I usually start throwing synths at it. And I might come up with a synth that I like and then show it to the band. They're like, yeah, it doesn't really work. And so then they try synths and then we find one that works. And then Cameron just starts drumming to it. We've had a few Frankenstein songs as well where somebody <laughs> comes up like, I've got these awesome verses. I uh-huh. can't figure out a chorus. And then either Alex or Austin will be like, oh, I've had this in my back pocket for two months. Let's try <laughs> here. And then, oh. Oh, that works. Yeah, that's cool. See, I love that. I love hearing that kind of stuff, just like how it all works together. And I I think it's very interesting um, because uh, typically like people will kind of show up with um, one or the other. And so I thought that was interesting that you said, you know, we come with uh, a sound and lyrics, usually like the lyrics, people are like, oh, yeah, we kind of just put those in after we come up with the sound. So I think it's I think it's cool because. For me, I always wrote the lyrics first whenever I was writing my own music, and then I would just kind of put chords to it. And so this is the first time I've heard someone who kind of closely matches what I do. <laughs> so. I, I honestly think we write lyrics. I tend to write lyrics before melody. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, 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 uh, it depends, but yeah, I think more recently as we've grown as artists, I'll have a melody in mind while I'm writing yeah to help me write yeah just kind of like your obviously your what you how the the pitch is going to go and where you're going to write you're you're kind of just talking about the the, exact general the general lead line not like an actual chorus of of like guitars and stuff just like the melody itself exactly and and that melody might not even stick through later it just helps me write it yeah it helps you get flow yeah for sure yeah um, and then the song starts to tell you what it wants to be. Right. <laughs> and yeah. Um, and yeah, I think we all have our own um, part to play when we create a song. Um, we all write. Um, and we each have, you know, something we're really good at that, that ultimately makes the song, you know, pr- uh, ready for the studio. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that, that um, I recently, um, have been learning a lot about is pre-production in terms of preparing for the studio. Um, just cause one of the, uh, the companies that I work with in terms of, of press contacts that I've been in contact with, he represents the guy who did the production for like Marilyn Manson and tool and, and quite a few like big, big bands. And now he's this, this producer is, is doing like a, a completely new thing where he's doing pre-production with small and upcoming bands because so many bands are unprepared for the studio. And so I think it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, preparing to be in the studio um, because there's just so few people who actually, they just kind of like say, okay, well we like the general sound, but they haven't really um, done what you were talking about, throwing the, all the different style of synth at it and, and throwing all the different ideas at it before going into the studio. They kind of let the producer handle that in the studio, which tends to cost a lot. <laughs> yeah, right. It costs a lot and you end up getting what you don't want. At least we have experienced that. Yeah. You know, we'd yeah. rather have it locked down as much as possible because that allows us to get to as close as exactly how we want it as we can be. Yeah. And so you're doing more than just demoing then? 
To an extent, yes, I'd say so. It's essentially... It's a demo that's basically what we want the final product to sound like, just basically short of the quality audio recordings. Okay. So you're you're putting in all of the all of the ambience that you want in there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All the vocals. It, you know, the only thing Harmonies. really is drums. Drums are electronic that we'll put in. We're not recording real drums. Yeah, because that's um, quite the process typically. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then obviously our you know, the, the we produce with two different studios and our our producers have, you know, they're very good at what they do and they they we bring it to the level we want it and then they will generally step it up even more because they have some knowledge that you know helps make it better but it's not it's not changing it it's adding to it right it's 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 different than what than what um you know people who go in there unprepared would find where it changes the song a lot you guys are saying they just may tweak something small and still maintain the sound that you you went in there anticipating Sure. A good example of this is Thinking Sideways is out right now. Um, you've heard it. In the beginning, it kind of starts off slow. Mm-hmm. Um, our producer came up with a lot of the ideas. He came up with the, the vocal effects in the very beginning. Oh, okay. Create the ambience, kind of almost eerie mood. Yeah. And we loved it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But it didn't change the song necessarily. Yeah. It's interesting. The um, There's so many different... Uh, different styles of, of like the recording and producers can input so much and they can change so much and impact so much. And so I think it's cool that, um, that preparation that you guys put in, I think it's, it's significant. Honestly, it helps out a lot for, for you guys maintaining what you've created and, and being able to still call it your own, which I think is, is really important, especially where nowadays there's so much kind of piggybacking off of other people. I just think it's it's really important to do what you guys are doing and and prepare yourselves before you go in and and know exactly what you want. Right, because it it's tough to make a split second decision in the studio about whether you like something or not, and then once it's in there, generally it's in there, and if you don't like it, you know you either pay a lot of money to fix it or, <laughs> yeah. or it's in there. And, yeah, and exactly. Yeah, and that's not. Fun. Yeah, and you guys are in the studio right now, right? Well, not like physically right now but i'm saying like (laughs) recording like we just finished oh okay yes um it's it's just finished all the mixing aspects of it so we're just waiting for it to get mastered it's being mastered yeah so what's what's the time frame on something like that rep that you the whole ep recording process yeah yeah uh we started late march maybe mid-march um and till about two weeks ago we finished um and that had some hiccups in it because we were also recording new songs at a different studio oh okay um and so we're kind of having an odd situation yeah that's uh, interesting right it 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 was based on past circumstances okay regardless the ep it maybe could have been a little faster but honestly with where we are as a band and that being one of our first studio experiences, I think it was about the right time frame. What maybe five months. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. I think, I think that's interesting. Um, just that, you know, some people rush it and they get out great music. Some people take it slow. They put out great music. It all just comes down to what energy you put into it. Right. And like spreading, spreading that energy out over five months, 
I think as long as you still maintain that vision, it's fantastic. And so this EP, how many songs do you have that you're going to be releasing? Six. So four more on top of the two that are right now. Awesome. So the two that you have out right now are, are thinking sideways and addiction, right? Yep. Yes. Awesome. And, um, and it looks like you guys are, are pretty active in terms of playing shows and whatnot. Um, how, how has like the, the development been? Cause obviously you started September of last year. So right. almost a year now. Um, how, what was like the, what's been the, the journey so far for the band? It's, it's been quite the, the learning experience and diving into the world of, uh, local music. So we started off, you know, playing house gigs with friends and family. Um, and then you start growing and you try to get connected with other bands and you find out there's 300 other bands in your city and yeah. this whole world that exists that you were totally unaware of. And then you get to know people, venues and producers. So there's like this little world that you kind of flip into and become a part of and try yeah. to find your place and connections. Um, but it's, it's been really neat looking forward to advancing shows from just house gigs to um, having our own show where we draw our own fans or opening for some bigger bands that, Hey, maybe we were fans of five years ago. Um, we're, we're trying to get into that phase now. And it's, it's it, the, it's, but it's been a really incredible learning process and it's formed a lot of connections and uh, we've met a lot of really cool people and neat experience, but yeah, there's, there's a whole world out there of local music that I had no idea existed. Yeah. It's always interesting to, uh, to see how many new, new bands that you'll discover. And that's, that's what I'm learning with my podcast. I'm like, there's just so much music. And, <laughs> and honestly, that's, that's another question I have, especially where you guys, um, have high aspirations for what you want to accomplish. How are you guys, um, what, what is it that you're doing to, to get yourself into the spotlight more? Is it, is it just, um, like word of mouth? You're just asking people to share or what are you guys doing to, uh, to kind of get those bigger shows and stuff like that? Uh, we're doing a lot. We email the venues, email the bands. Um, it is word of mouth. We do ask people to help us out as much as they can, but, um, it's mainly just trying to show how professional we are through the live performance and on social media and um, just trying to get people more involved. That's, that's important for sure. Um, and, and as you've, as you've started to see things grow, have you started to see um, more like more passionate people approaching you from outside of your local area. Now you're starting to see like, obviously I'm in Utah, so that's, you know, one state away. So are you starting to branch out? How, how far is your reach so far? So far, we're pretty much in contact with Colorado. Um, you mean fans or? Yeah, for fans. Oh, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I was just talking reach in general. So, I mean, whether that's like, you know, bands who are touring outside of Utah or outside of Colorado, sorry, or um, or fans outside of Colorado, kind of something that would, as you go forward, branch you out further than than uh, than Colorado. Yeah, so right now we're really concentrating on getting a good fan base in Fort Collins and Denver, which is our big city. Awesome. Um, for our state, we, we do that. We, we like to interact really personally with people on Instagram and um, send personal messages, not just try to spam our music everywhere, but like form relationships with people. That's awesome. And it's been a really rewarding thing so far. Like we've gotten, we've made quite a few 
like authentic friends just by sharing our music. Um, but as far as branching out, um, it's going to have to be mostly word of mouth. And then once we get a strong fan base here, hopefully we can snag on some tour dates. And I'm from Arizona, so we want to kind of maybe do a little bit of a Southwest run uh, yeah. once, once we get big enough. Yeah, is the plan. That's super yeah. cool. I'd say we'd stay. We're, the plan is to stay pretty grounded as far as our physical selves. Yeah. You know, because it's, I think there's a lot of power in, you know, the internet um, doing a lot of the, gr- of the grunt work for you while yep. you build. The hard work is playing shows. Exactly. So in, in Colorado is the most efficient way. Mm-hmm. For sure. We, yeah. Um, but we do have, you know, we can see where our listeners are and we have a pretty solid listening base in the United Kingdom. And, and it's, it's cool. That's what's cool. Yeah. Knowing that you've got people listening from everywhere is, right. is just, it, that's one of those amazing things about the internet, right? Is it allows for that stuff to happen without, without right. as much just strain <laughs> you, right. you literally, they can access it no matter where they're at. It's awesome. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So and I think we agree we're more focused on making more music at the moment for sure, making music and promoting what we have than you know, building as much as we can before we start jumping around physically. Yeah. That's, that's interesting too, because there, there are so many, um, there's so much music out there that you want to, you want to have more out there before you try and spread yourself too thin. Right. And, Obviously, you guys sound like you're spreading yourselves a little bit thin in terms of recording at one studio, an EP, and then recording <laughs> new music at a new studio. But at least you're still able to maintain that because it's it's like you said, uh, staying grounded in that in that area geographically. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, we broke down the math because we all have you know other jobs, so we have only so many hours to invest, and uh, getting like we can really quantify how much doing this type of work gets us more listeners versus doing a gig. And um, yeah, the online is, is a really valuable presence for us for sure. Yeah. We love Spotify. We love Spotify. <laughs> awesome. Follow them on Spotify. <laughs> no, that's, I, that's actually something that I, I learned recently is, is um, I, I've, I never really followed a whole lot of bands on Spotify. I typically listen through Apple music just cause I'm kind of like in the Apple realm and uh, my, like we did a whole family Apple music subscription or whatever. But uh, I learned recently that subscribing on, on Spotify does a lot actually um, for, for you as a band. Um, What, what, I mean, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Tell the people who are listening a little bit more about like what that does for a band, whether that's you or other bands. So yeah, Spotify has got a big, that interesting algorithm that I've been trying to break down. Um, but I know the more people that subscribe or follow you um, plays a dramatic role. We've been looking at our statistics and trying to analyze what we do and how it bumps up listeners day to day because uh-huh. they give you day to day analytics on how many people listened to it in the month, like new listeners and how many of like streams there were. So how many times they listened to the song. Yeah. Um, and we found that there's like kind of a correlation we think with how many followers you increase and how much more you show up on people's uh, discover weekly. 
Um, so we think because we've noticed like Monday boosts when they discover weekly updates uh-huh. that have like um, brought new listeners on, like brought our music to people that never heard us and never able to find us before on discover weekly. And I think it's strongly connected um, to how many followers you have. Awesome. Well, that everyone listening, if you guys like their music, go and follow them on Spotify. <laughs> yes, please. That's cool. Um, yeah, I like. I mean, it makes complete sense. Obviously, you know, everything is subscribe or follow. But I didn't really put the correlation in my head um, between followers on Spotify and listeners on Spotify. I thought it was just, you know, a number of listens got you more listens. But it makes a lot of sense that followers contributes to that as well right yeah and on top of that just to add it it alerts people of every when you follow a band you get alerted when they release new music automatically and you get alerted when they have shows oh okay both of those things are so valuable yeah for sure because now now as you guys release new music you're not worried about those people finding it it's it's obviously right there in their inbox exactly hopefully Hopefully. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it, if it's YouTube, the subscription box is broken all the time and people's <laughs> subscriptions don't show up. But I think Spotify, I think Spotify is a little bit more reliable that way. They have, I, I mean, they, they probably have just as much um, new content being added to Spotify as, as YouTube does. But, but um, so one thing that I, I think is, is super unique with, um, with you guys is the, well, it's, partially the the name of the band but really the the origin story of that um being the catcher in the rye and i noticed you guys have posted about a lot of classic literature um so what what is it that the like like those classic books have have done have inspired you because i noticed you you posted about um about the screw tape letters and and things like that and so what is that like? What is it that that those those pieces of work are are doing for your band? Right. Um, I think all of us here. Um, first of all, we're all Christians, and we read quite a bit. Um, we've all read a good amount of Christian literature. Obviously, uh, yeah, C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis. Yeah. yeah. Um, um. So Austin wrote addiction over here um and we've all read the screw tape letters and it means enough to us you know that austin wrote this song independent of us but um books really impact us um i think it's about as simple as you can put it 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 really puts ideas in your head and it makes you think about things that are hard to think about sometimes like death and and suffering and addiction um but just uh, you know and i think we get this from Tony and Pilots a little bit writing about things that are hard mm-hmm. you know, not writing lyrics that are very you know don't have any worth to them don't have any weight to them it's nice to write about things that are hard and, and help other people through that yeah and you know we like to share books like that to encourage people to read them and to give them some um you know some relation to our lyrics why are people, why are these guys writing about this um and then the catcher in the rye uh austin and i both like that book and and that uh that uh, the quote stuck out to us 
um, that you want to put things in a glass case so they don't change. And, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of a funny way to look at life. It's yeah. not ideal. Yeah. Um, but that's what songs can do. Yeah, for sure. I I just thought it was it was cool that um you know typically a lot of people when they talk about inspiration for music or for their for whatever they're creating it's typically something within the same realm of what they're creating right so an author would say a book a musician would say other musicians an artist would say another artist like a you know a painter another painter things like that but I think it's it's very um very applicable that any form of, of creation is inspire. It can be inspiration. And so um, I just thought it was cool that you guys pulled from those, those, that classic literature and, um, and kind of wanted to take that timelessness of, of the words there and kind of put that into your music. I just think that that's powerful. Thanks. We appreciate appreciate that. Yeah. (laughs) And so, I mean, when you guys are trying to cover these topics, this is, this is another thing about that. How, how is it that you're like when you're going about this and you're trying to cover it in a way that that is inspirational or, or, you know, helping people, how do you, how do you kind of process it as you're, as you're saying, okay, here's what this song, here's what we want to get off, uh, like the message off with this song. How do you guys um, make that happen? Does that make sense? Yeah. I think we might each do it a little bit differently. Um, for me personally, I use writing lyrics um, and different ideas as kind of a form of catharsis to just kind of let it out in a way. And I think that makes it vulnerable and empathetic for listeners. Cause then it's not me trying to say, Hey, I got this all figured out. Listen to me or anything like that. But like, Hey, some things can be hard, but we're all kind of figuring it out together. So that's cool. I guess. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, Austin's done the most writing, so you can probably say where he gets his inspiration. Uh, I just do a lot of different styles, but my main is kind of like what Cameron just said is kind of what I'm going through. And if you can relate to it, it, it kind of works out. But like thinking sideways, I started writing that in my psychology class um, of 250 students. And I was just thinking to myself, like, wow, if this band takes off, like, I can just stand up, walk right in front of everyone and start playing my music. How crazy would that be? Like, <laughs> being sideways if I could do that. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're doing. So it's, it's just, uh, people can relate to it and it's, um, hopefully uplifting, but, um, sometimes it, it's hard and for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and something like with that is, um, do you guys typically pull from your own personal experiences when you're writing like for the most part or is or do you kind of um try and tell stories about something that's not related to you as well uh, mainly from experience okay yeah this this stuff we produced and think is our best is mainly from experience you just feel like it it makes it more empathetic yes and i think we each have a different style um yeah, I, I think so. And I think we're 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 pretty good, you know, to be as humble as we can. Pretty good at at making it so that it's digestible to a broad audience. We're not being very direct. We're making it you know, a story in its own way. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's make what I was <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was kind of uh getting at in that writing process is 
how like it's it's just so it's something that's an art form in and of itself is I, I've talked to a lot of different bands about this aspect of how to tell the story where it's not so like cut and dry this is the only way to interpret it but also to express a very strong feeling where it can't be misinterpreted either it's like it's kind of a, a balancing act when you're writing those lyrics to to tell those stories and to get that information out there while still maintaining that broad audience aspect of it yeah there's definitely some intentional ambiguity um that's put in the music so that yeah it can be up to interpretation um it can emote some sort of feeling um that might be similar from different audiences but they draw from their own personal experiences and if it's kind of open-ended like that a little bit it makes it easier for it to be more personal because they can draw from their own life rather than a very specific situation that we went through yeah and that's that's very true like your specific instance is going to be the exact same as someone else's and so I, uh, I, I've always just thought it was, uh, like I said, an art form in and of itself to, to maintain that understanding, um, of, of like the concept of the song. Um, but where you guys are at right now, you finished recording, you're waiting for your new EP to be, to be mastered, which will be released. When, when is the kind of projected release date for the EP? October 13th. October 13th. So you've got that one dropping October 13th. Um, you're continuing to play shows, obviously. Um, what's You've got the new music now that you're recording in the studio. Is that another EP or is that another single? What What are you doing right now in the studio? Probably another EP, but that's still, that's early. <laughs> yeah, that's why, I'm, that's why I was curious because typically people, you know, they get out of the studio and they... And then they just focus on promoting and preparing for the new EP. But you guys are already back in another studio. And so that's why I was curious. <laughs> we're, we're, well, yeah, yeah. The story is a little different. We are done with those studio times. Those songs are done. Oh, okay. The ones that won't be released with this EP. So we're disconnected from those. They're just sitting there. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it, but we do have songs that we want to produce soon. Um, and we will work on those as we have time. Obviously, we just need it. It's a balancing act between promoting the CP and and uh, getting demos ready. Because um, we we so our our schedule is to get after this EP release another piece of work before next summer. Awesome, that's because cool. it, what we learned from this year was it is very beneficial to have you know, some good music out for people to listen to before the summer starts because summer is when all these festivals are going on that you want to be a part of. Yep. Um, and well, and there's just that, you know, um, there's this summer mixtape or summer vibe, right? Like every, everyone who, uh, who pretty much wants to, to, to get heard at the very beginning of the summer releases a, a an anthem for summer right and so it's uh, it's just a great time to get people who are excited whether it's because they have more time on their hands to listen to it because they're out of school or whatever it is they they're just able to uh to take in your music and so i think that's a great idea that's that's fantastic yeah we, we got inspired by like some of our favorite bands um imagine dragons who they're huge now oh yeah um, but i've known them for, for quite some time and uh before they were anybody, they released two EPs in one year. There was their first two EPs, and that's just, it was, it was cool to see, and that's kind of how it worked for them. Yeah. Uh, just got to keep pumping it out there. 
good stuff and, and hopefully something will land or somebody will hear something. Yeah. <laughs> the best thing is just not be stagnant. For yeah. sure. And that's, that's something that, that really truly is. I think that's the most important thing as a musician or as a band is, is making sure that you're releasing fresh content in the world that we live in now. Right? Like I, I always joke about how five years ago, 10 years ago, you could release an album every two years and still be fine and be able to maintain the the name that you had or the recognition you had. But nowadays music is so easily cycled, right? It's recycled. People are able to just find something new all the time. And so, so remaining relevant is now releasing new music. And that's why there's so many singles out there now is just to keep releasing something new. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. And so just in, in closing, um, just kind of to get an idea from, from you guys, obviously you've got your, your regular lives. You've got, um, Austin, you're in school, Cameron and, and Alex, you guys are both working. Um, Austin, maybe you're working too. So you're adding to it, but, um, how do you guys balance everything? How are you making it, it work? <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, we just all moved into the same apartment. And our living room is pretty much our, our band practice space. <laughs> we, we That's smart. In the room. <laughs> so that video of um, one of you slapping yeah. the ride is yeah. is in your living room. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And uh, we, we're all pretty much free in the evening. So we try to get in um, at least like an hour or two of band practice. But all throughout the day, we're... If we have spare time, we shoot out emails, do some marketing, uh, talk about what we're going to do in the future, plans and gigs and all that fun stuff. And not ignore our girlfriends. And not ignore our girlfriends. That, that was yeah. the next question. I was like, so pretty much you just decided no social life. We're just going to we're going to just do this. <laughs> uh, sort of. uh, it's, 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 it's not too bad. It's really not. Um, we get so excited and love it so much. That we don't really do a lot of things like we have work, band, girlfriends, and any other few things we enjoy, and that's enough for us. <laughs> that's good, and yeah. and it's I mean it's it's saying something. It's saying a lot actually that you guys get along well enough to to live together. Um, you know, obviously as a band, typically people who are in bands are either like best of friends or like worst of enemies because of the dynamic you're constantly around each other. And so, uh, it's, it's obviously it's, it's saying a lot that you guys live in the same place and you, you maintain that camaraderie because it'll help with the creative. Is that the case? Do you guys find that like you're able to kind of help each other out with creating a little bit more that since you're close to each other all the time? Oh yeah. Big time. Just always shooting ideas off of each other is just so much help. That's awesome. Of, like, we used to have it where me and Alex, um, we were living with each other, but then Cameron was half an hour away. And so uh, it'll always be a little disconnect because me and Alex come up with a great idea. And then Cameron be like, oh, wait, when did this happen? Yeah. <laughs> He'd be kind of lagging behind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's um, that's true. Now we're just all together and it's just so much it's fun to just keep working at it and keep creating new stuff. That's yeah. cool. And I, one, one more question I have is, is when you guys were starting this and really decided, all right, we're going to, we're going to make, we're going to make this band. How did you guys 
come to that conclusion that this is what you were going to do? Were you guys in bands prior to this with each other or how did you guys come to the conclusion? We're going to make this happen. Um, so none of us were in bands before. Um, that's the interesting thing about us is I feel like that's a common thing. A lot of people have been pretty heavily into music before they start a band. We weren't, yeah, especially when they're taking it seriously. Like you guys are typically, they've been, playing a lot more shows and stuff so yeah that's why we kind of have a different path than i feel like the average there weren't bands um austin and i played college soccer and soccer was our thing um growing up and when that left we kind of needed we we've always played music but we need to fill in this void that we had um and music was that and uh, Austin and I first started making the music, as we said before, Cameron joined. Um, and <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you guys, how did you guys decide you're ready, you're ready to do it? Like just to make it happen. <laughs> uh, so Austin and I made this, some music, Fine, you know, we were like, let's make some freaking music. Um, made it and released this album we released a 16 song album on spotify and on itunes and everything <laughs> that we made ourselves uh-huh uh, a year ago so okay and it was a, it, it, we took it off pretty quickly because we realized like well, we need to bump this up a little bit once <laughs> Cameron joined and we had a drummer we knew we had something we knew we could make music that was good enough to do what we're doing right now if not bigger and that's when we knew. Once we had Cameron as our drummer, we were like, we're doing this. He's yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Because it's not fun not having a drummer. When I, <laughs> I just so. moved to Colorado and just wanted friends. So <laughs> I guess this is cool. So that's when. One year ago, almost to the day, we met Cameron. And uh, that was it. That's when we decided. Officially. So, I mean, when you guys when you guys made that decision, it's like, all right, this is now taking over our lives because soccer is no longer our full time thing. Um, we're we're kind of moving forward. What did everyone around you think? Like you guys are like now because this is obviously it doesn't matter what people think as long as you guys are doing something you're passionate about. But I just find it interesting to kind of just make that leap. And it, it almost seems kind of abrupt. And so that's it's just it's something that typically is being led up to and so when it's made the decision it's everyone expects it so what were people's reactions when you were like oh yeah we're actually we're going gung-ho on this music thing yeah it was uh pretty slow at first especially with all my friends they're just like oh that's cool you're gonna you can do that as a hobby that's sweet and then and after a year times we professionally recorded our music or songs um i sent it to them i was like all right like listen to it and they listened to it and they're like Hey, this is actually like a good song. Not just, like, not just playing a guitar and singing, recording on your iPhone, you know, that kind of. Thing. Yeah. So people are like, Oh, you got, you guys are actually pretty good. I always love that. Like backhanded comment, right? Like yeah. you guys are actually, your eggs are actually pretty good. Cause it's basically saying we expected you to suck and we were just supporting you because whatever. But now, <laughs> now they actually realize that you've, you've got good music. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, 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 yeah, that's exactly how it went. And especially releasing that first album, you know, um, it, it's a pretty funny process that we went through. It's it's slow, and, I, and people are now responding like, dang, these guys, you know, I'm excited to hear what they make, you know, next. So, 
That's yeah. that's super yeah, cool. We're good friends at least. <laughs> so, on the day we released Thinking Sideways, I got a Snapchat from like two of my buddies who, like, I didn't tell them that we released it. They just sent it to me, then they were listening to the song, like, this is so dope. When's the EP coming out? And so they're like really involved now. Whereas before, they just like, oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. And I get it. And I don't blame them. I yeah. Yeah. Well, because I mean, usually when, when someone is going to quote unquote pursue music, it fizzles out pretty quick because people don't realize the amount of work that it takes. Right. And, <laughs> and so when you're unex, when you're kind of showing up without expectation of hard work and you're just like, Oh, I'm going to make it big because you know, Spotify and Apple music and iTunes and I can just, or, uh, and, um, and YouTube, I can just put it all out there and people are going to follow it. It's, it's not that snap decision. It's not that snap success. And so, I think it fizzles out a lot of times. And so when, when that's why I was curious about how people reacted, because a lot of times it's always just like, Oh yeah, cool. But it's never <laughs> like, it's Good never luck, really, <laughs> that's fantastic. I know you can do it. It's always, yeah, cool. <laughs> so <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And that, and once again, I don't blame them. Yeah. You, uh, can, you can't really blame them. Right. It's like, because oh, you've probably seen it with other people who are like, I'm going to pursue this. And then they realize how hard it is and they quit. And I mean, that's not just music. That's anything that really anything that takes work. It, if it's sure. something that has a, a has a really significant upside in terms of whether that's fulfillment or money or or, you know, whatever it is, typically there's a lot of work involved to accomplish that upside. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And so um, the the final thing for me is um, you guys are, are playing quite a few of your, your local venues and whatnot. Um, how often are you playing shows? Right now we have uh, three shows lined up and they're spaced two weeks apart. That's a pretty healthy, that's a pretty healthy consistency yeah, uh-huh. right there. We have to, we have to try to find a balance because there's such thing as like fan fatigue where they want to go to a show maybe two, but if you play three weeks in a row, they're not, I wouldn't even see my favorite band a third time, you know? Well, yeah. So, so we try to space it out with shows that we need to bring our fans to where we're like a headliner or yeah. something. And like, we need to advertise it big with shows that are at kind of like venues that are bars that'll have people anyway, and try to find a balance along with trying to find a balance with other shows that are opening for say bigger bands that where they bring their fans. Um, and it, it's kind of tough because you got to space out what you want along with what the venues want and what other bands are interested in doing because they'll hit you up. Um, so it's kind of a tricky process, but we try to space it out so that we have a good chunk of people at shows, but we're not over exhausting resources or yeah. playing that much. Makes a lot of sense, honestly. Well, yeah. that's that's super cool. I, I really dig the tunes, guys. I um, thank you for reaching out to me because I I've now got new music and I'm excited for uh, you said October 13th. Yeah, yep. That's Friday the thirteenth, then, isn't that? Mm-hmm. No, nope. Saturday the thirteenth. Saturday the thirteenth. Okay, that would, that would be a bad one. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, that's a that's a bad omen right there, man. <laughs> in October. In October. In October, exactly. You're just like, man. <laughs> well, cool, man. I'm I'm super excited for what you guys have in store, and um, thank you so much for for joining me on the podcast. Um. As I as I close, I always like to um, to kind of redirect all the attention to to the listener. Um, if you guys liked um, the the podcast, the interview here, if you like glass cases and what the music they're making, 
Um, October 13th will be the new EP. Um, they can pre-order on iTunes. Is that a, yeah, they can. Yes. Okay. And then are they able to pre-order on your website as well? Um, not at the moment. Okay. But they do have a lot of cool stuff on their website. Um, I really dig your guys' logo. I didn't mention it, but I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with like logo design. I dig your guys' logo, but they've got, they've got t-shirts with their logo on it and they've got beanies. Um, honestly, you guys have some interesting stuff. You got like a, um, a bamboo cup and a journal. It's kind of cool. You guys have like a whole plethora of random items to, to be able to purchase. Um, so if any of anyone listening enjoyed, um, enjoy these guys and their music, the best way to make it so they can make more music and get into the studio more often and play more shows is to support them. And a great way to support them is by getting something free yourself. And so, well, not free, something yourself. So a t-shirt, um, anyway, be sure to check these guys out. And, um, once again, guys, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Thank Chad. you so much, Chad. We really appreciate it. Have a great night. You too. You too.